Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's devotional that I'm going to read says, Before you run, check to see if the bulldog has teeth. Les Brown. Fear is a very natural and normal response to the challenges we face in life. Fear tells us there is something we must be cautious about. Fear puts us on alert and tells us that there is something we must be prepared for. Fear means something we know nothing about is about to come upon us. Fear of change, the unknown, rejection, failure, and success are like the bark of a ferocious bulldog. For people of color, the fear of being bitten again immobilizes us. A history that has not honored our sense of worth and value supports the fear. The best thing we can do to fear is confront it. We must know the validity of the things we fear. We must believe we can conquer them. The next time the bulldog of fear is upon you, steer it down, open its mouth, and check to see if the thing has teeth. Friendly reminder, I give no power to fear. And again, this weekly devotional comes from Acts of Faith by Ayanna Von Zant. I, w- I want to slap the table so bad. <laughs> That's going to start us out. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into this week's podcast guest. So this week's, this week's guest is born and raised in Southwest Philadelphia and now resides in Brooklyn, New York. He is a social media strategist, editorial writer, and knowledgeable purveyor of convergence culture. Using his unique perspective on popular culture in the digital space, his literary voice has made him a sought-after personality, bringing a sense of familiarity to social commentary. He operates as the executive founder of the Corey Towns Company, currently serves as the VP of Digital Promotions at Human Resources Distribution. With this unique skill set, he has collaborated with such brands as Nike, Reeboks, Hennessy, Heineken, Vitamin Water, Universal Pictures, and Red Bull, and contributed to such outlets as Cassius, Ebony, Nylon, Vibe, The Undefeated, SB Nation, and more. It's a pleasure to welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Corey Towns. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Thank you for Come on, me. brands on brands on brands yeah, on brands. I, so it's wild. Like I didn't know when you said when you told me to send you my bio. Brands. That, uh, that you was going that you was gonna actually like read it out loud. <laughs> I might have to like truncate that. Like I grabbed that joint from my uh from my LinkedIn. So I, That's I might, good though. I might I might, I'm, I might gotta do like an abridged version for the like for like intros and shit like that. But, um, no, the no, podcast yeah, bio. Yeah, the podcast bio. the podcast bio. I was like, God damn, I was like, this joint long as shit. Um but no. Thank you for having me, Kate. Yes, yeah, so we had to start with the devotional, get us ready for the conversation. Yo, listen, once I heard that, I was like, oh, I just... Yes. So I usually like to start with the podcast and ask, what is your deepest fear? Hmm. Um, I think my deepest fear, I think my deepest fear at this point of my life is running out of time. Hmm. Um... And it's it's not, I would say it's not necessarily an active fear. I think mm. it's, you know, it's like it's, uh, I know like I'm, I'm 31 years old, but, you know, obviously when you cross into your 30s, it's kind of like you look back at your 20s as 
you know, like the half glass full where it's right. like, you know, I had th- those are my years where I experimented and I figured a lot of things out. And, you know, just, you know, the 20s essentially has made me who I am in my 30s. But, you know, half glass empty perspective is like I wait, I quote unquote wasted because mm. it's not really I, did, I didn't waste time, but I, I quote unquote wasted 10 years Um to figure out what to you know out now. To figure out what I'm, yeah, to figure out what I know now, to figure out what I'm doing and, you know, the path that I'm on and stuff like that. So, like, it's, you know, it's it's definitely not an act of fear. I don't wake up every day, you know, tearing a page off of my calendar, like, oh, fuck, there's <laughs> another, I'm sorry, do we curse on this? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like, oh, fuck, man, like, you know, it's another day down type shit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh. I have a lot of faith in my journey and I have a lot of faith in, in my path and, you know, where I'm where I'm going and where I'm being led to. And, right. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. But, yeah, I would probably say that's my biggest fear right so now. So it's more so, like, not wasting any more time at this point. <clears throat> Correct. Right? Because we don't have no time to waste. Absolutely. Um, so how do you utilize your time now? Since we're talking about time, <laughs> how do you utilize it now, even though it's not an active fear? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess now, uh, you know, my my... My nine to five job is is very, uh, how can I say it? My nine to five job is very um, not loose. I don't want to say loose, but like I don't I don't have this I don't have constructs that I've used to have in like past positions. So like right. you know I work for Human Resources, which is a music distribution label that's based out of L.A. Um, I'm still living here in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of a few people that does not necessarily work in the office. So. Uh, Glory be to God. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that flex working is a whole different level. People. Yeah, so um, I mean, for me, it's it's been a it's been a thing of a, uh, you know, as someone, you know, I always like to say my professional career started when I moved to New York, and I've been here for five years now. So whether you know if you've worked in advertising or editorial, or you know the you know the marketing game or anything like that, you know the office is always like the thing. Yeah, not having that sense of structure is great it's, I was about to say it's good it's great you know like you know I can kind of I manage my own time and stuff like that but I did have to create what my day looks like right. you know like there you know I remember I had some days in the beginning where hopefully my boss is you know if you aren't listening you'd seen the growth and the progression but like days <laughs> in the beginning you know I just you know I, I, especially working on working on the east coast but working on a west coast time uh yeah, time difference that 12 to 8. you know yeah that's 12 to 8 be crazy and like I would wake up at you know, I, I'm an early morning person anyway, so I wake up at like 7, 8 a.m. every day. And like, you know, I might be on the Internet or I might be watching TV. And just that set that in the beginning, like I had to adjust that sense of like lowness in my day. Mm-hmm. Because then I wake up well, now I look up and it'd be like 12, 31 o'clock and work I could have got done before right. my day really, quote unquote, got started. I could have got, you know, I'm now trying to catch up. Right. Um. So, you know, like, you know, I guess I spend a lot of my time, you know, just kind of really just staying true to what my uh, day to day schedule is like. I'm also finding that when I do have free time, just because of, you know, my work situation that uh, I try to find time to work on things for myself. Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things that, you know, it's not necessarily a part of the fear, but just just a sense of understanding is that, you know, at 31, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I can kind of create different opportunities for myself and right. understanding that, you know, some of those opportunities are going to be uh, dependent on other people, but some of them aren't, you know what I'm right. saying? So like, you know, if, if I would want to do more, you know, freelance, 
you know, things or if I want to do just different like passion projects or stuff like that, mm-hmm. some of those things, you know, may have to involve or like secondary stuff outside of my nine to five. Some of those may involve other people, other companies and so on and so forth. But some of them are reliant strictly on me and me alone. Right. Um. So just kind of like integrating those different like side projects and stuff like that into. Right. Absolutely. My 24 hours. Um. So then I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. do you feel like you have a lot to do in a little time? Or a lot of time and not able to manage everything that you want to do? I think that I have, I think it's a hybrid of the two. I think I have a lot of time and I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm particularly good with time management, mm-hmm. you know, for myself. Like, I was always one of those people, you know, uh, especially as I, like, college definitely was not the case. I was a procrastinating ass person. <laughs> Um, but like in the work, in the workspace, I'm definitely somebody that like, I don't need to be micromanaged. You know, you just kind of give me the task, let me do it how I do it. And it's going to get done. It's going to get done well. Um, so I'm pretty good with like time management in that sense. I think I have a lot of time and I'm trying to find things to fill that time. Right. So like, you know, if it's a thing of, uh, I don't know if it's a thing of, you know, like for my weekends or whatever, like I, I really do try to take my Monday through Friday, like regular work days. Right. Um, Cause another issue that I had in the very beginning is that because I work from home every day, I kind of lose track of like what, when the weekend starts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, or like if there's like a holiday and like, like, like if there's like president's day or some shit like that, like if my roommates would be home, I'll be like, y'all home with me? Like, I'm not used to like right, y'all, y'all having y'all here with me. Like, I'm not used to having the crib not by myself at 11 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's been a thing of just like, all right, like just trying to find different time, diff- trying, trying to find time to fit in different things and then trying to fit things in those times. So like, yeah. I, I want to do like, you know, I remember I had a conversation with a real close friend of mine um, named Sandrine last year. And we went to dinner and stuff like that. And like, you know, a lot of people kind of know Sandrine, you know, she's a very, 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 very big figure and like a very good figure in PR um, and fashion PR. And if anybody knows Sandrine, Sandrine is very colorful and has a lot of like just color about her. (laughs) Um, But one thing she told me, she told me the the idea of like manifestation. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, um, not necessarily wishing things into existence, but like. Like putting things into existence, speaking things into existence, you know, not necessarily I want to do this, like this will happen. You right. know what I'm saying? Or or I wish I could do this, but it's like this is I'm going to do this at some point. So like my I've, I went through a sense of manifestation at the top of the year where I really had to figure out where I wanted to be. Um, yeah. You know, I've been I've been blessed to have some opportunities uh, in like the media and content field in front of the camera. But then I've also been blessed to have some of those opportunities behind the camera. Right. So in front of them, as far as like a correspondent or, you know, just going on different like talking head shows and, and opinion shows and, and stuff like that. And then like I've been a producer or I've right. been, you know, like an editor and like kind of making things happen and trying to create projects and stuff. So I had to figure out what it is I wanted to do. And I, I was like, you know what, like. I am meant for to be in front of the camera. Like I can yeah. do this behind the camera shit, but like I'm meant to be somebody's commentator. I'm meant to, you know, work on someone's network or be a part of somebody's show or things like that. So I've really started speaking that into existence of like, yo, I'm gonna get more opportunities to go on different like shows. I'm gonna work on different opportunities where I get paid to do that type of shit. Yeah. Um 
And it's like, you know, like I'm trying to like I'm manifesting that now. So when those opportunities come, I can kind of just take them and plug them into my 24 hours. Um, And it's funny, man, it's funny how manifestation just kind of like works. Like I've even seen I I would say like I've kind of had that mentality over, let's say, the past. I mean, we're only in February, so I guess the past month. Don't it feel like it was already a year? January was a long month. But see, the thing is, I don't I don't think I think January went quick. Really? I think January went fast as shit. And I like that. <laughs> like, like that's what I'm talking. Bring on the spring. Like, like let's get through this winter. Let's get through this winter. Like, I'm with that. Um, but I mean it's only been a month and I've started to just see like, you know, just different opportunities coming my way. Um, you know, different possibilities for like aligning myself with different things and different companies and different brands and you know, just the things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I I got an email yesterday. It was like, Hey, do you want to come on our show and talk yeah. such and such? And I'm just like, All right, like I'm starting to see these things happen. Um, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of... There like is that. power in language. For and sure. there is power in the ability to be able to uh, organize your time in a way that fuels you from mm-hmm. a passion standpoint, even mm-hmm. though, you know, we have our nine to fives. And, and that could be passion too, right? For sure. But to be able to really manifest these things and see them happen. Like, I didn't realize the power of manifestation until I was like, I had to write down, like, I know when people mm-hmm. say write it down, but I'm like, that's oh, real. That that's write it down. Real. Like in my oh, mind, no. I used to be like, write it down. <laughs> so I literally was like, 2019, I'm writing this down. Yep. This is what I'm coming for. I'm going to do this, and within the first month, it happened, and I was like, whoa. All right. Oh, I, I, I oh. Put it in the, I put it in the. In well. The, uh, I put it in the atmosphere, and the shit came true. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then it's kind of shock. You shocked this shit out yourself because you like. Damn, dog, that's all I should have been doing. I should have wrote this down like that. I should have wrote this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, so funny enough, like, I remember, because, uh, you know, that's one of the things that Sandrine told me was just like, yo, like, start writing stuff down. And, um, you know, I had a very, I had a, my, my 2018 was, was, had so many different, like, peaks and valleys in it of, um, you know, just different, you know, highs, lows midpoints and stuff like that whereas like i started the year very high on like manifesting and things like that and then you know just truth be told i I went through some struggles in the middle of the year where you know my face was kind of like shaking um and you know when i kind of like i kind of you know came out of that and you know kind of like i'm in a good space now and going into the new year like one of the things i decided to do was i was like you know what like i know i use it in my phone but i'm gonna buy a calendar Mm. And I bought a calendar. I put it on the back of my closet door. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of weird using it, if it makes sense, because it's kind of like I got everything in my phone. Phone, right. If I get a... Uh, Alert. If I get, yeah, like if I get a if I get a calendar invite from Gmail, then it's automatically populated into the calendar of my phone. And, you know what I'm saying, just different shit like that. But um, I was like, you know, I'm going to start writing shit down. And, like, the calendar that I have, it has, like, to do, like, a to-do list thing yeah. on the calendar. And then on the bottom of it has notes and like, I definitely know what this month, like, I'm just like, all right, like, make sure I talk to, you know, my mother and my sister mm. two times a week. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, make sure I do that. I put an all bowl, get some sleep, that. you know, <laughs> uh, get sleep. Um, and since the top of the year, I've really like taken, I've really taken the opportunity of learning how to like DJ, like personally. So like, you know, um. That's been something I've really been working on over the past year. So like I try to do an hour a day, at least. Oh. Um, at least an hour a day of just of just DJing and, you know, just learning my equipment and learning the music and learn like 
I was going to ask you that, too. Yeah. I was going to ask um, as far as, you know, growing up, for those mm-hmm. who don't know, you grew up with um, a very uh, famous father who mm-hmm. was um, a part of a hip-hop duo, but also mm-hmm. a DJ, a producer, mm-hmm. you know, um, with DJ Jazzy Jeff mm-hmm. um, and for us Prince of Bel-Air, for those who don't know. And I was going to ask you, did you feel like <clears throat> the trajectory of where you should, you know, like... Where life should have been, um, no. what was like more in following the footsteps of your father, yeah. or you were kind of like I'm carving my own path. Well, no. Know? So like, like funny enough, like kind of growing up, my parents did a good job of, um, my parents did a good job of like introducing, introducing things to me, uh, without necessarily pressuring me or putting it on me and stuff like that. Like, right. you know, admittedly, so I was definitely the kid that. I would like watch like <clears throat> excuse me, I would watch like a karate movie or some shit and the shit would look mad cool and I'm like, oh my god, I wanna do karate. <laughs> and then like this is a true story, like they would sign me up for karate lessons and then like they have like this like it's almost like a like a not a fake sword, but they have like a sword made out of bamboo sticks. Oh. This shit is hard as <laughs> shit. And I remember in the drill and it just so happened that this shit happened. On a lesson that both my mom and my dad, my, my parents weren't together, but my mom and my dad were both at this lesson. And it was a drill that, like, the guy would hit from side to side and you had to dodge it. And, of course, my slow ass missed. And he hit me on the back of my that heel hurt so, so hard. Mm. That took everything out of it. I was like, man, fuck this karate shit. I'm not doing this shit no more. Like, I definitely think my parents looked at me as kind of like, all right, Corey's a kid that'll, like, try to do some shit. I was blessed enough to have parents that would actually allow me to try it. But then... They'd be like, oh, oh, I would lose interest in it and be like, oh, I'm going to watch football. Or I'm going to do this. Like, I think the one thing I, early on in my life that they saw that I wanted to do and stuck through was play was play high school football. Yeah. But um, no, like, you know, my, my dad never pressured DJ on, DJing onto me. Um, ironically enough, like I kind of I went, <laughs> it's sad to say, I went the first 18 years of my life, like liking what my dad did because it's what he did, if that makes sense. Right. Like, I, I had never, I never really, like, I listened to my dad's music, but I never really listened to his music like that. And, I like, in talking to him about it, he was just like, yo, like, you know, he taught me something that I've, that I've never forgot, which is that, like, you know, music is one of those things where it doesn't necessarily matter when you get it. Right. It's about when, you, it's about the fact that you got it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember I lived with my dad the summer before I went to college, and, I guess just kind of being around him constantly all the time. Like, I just found myself like, you know what? Like, let me put on He's a DJ on the Rapper. Or let me put on, you know, Home Bass. Or, like, just, like, his collection of just, like, music. Right. And, like, as he started to do different projects with his production team, with his production label, A Touch of Jazz, as I got older, that was the music that I started to like off the rip because, you know, I grew up with that. But I wanted right. to listen to his old shit. And when I did, I'm like, what the fuck, like... My dad is like really good. Like he, like I don't like. He's not good because he's my dad. Like he's good because he's good. Right. And um, and I will, it changed the way we experience hip hop at that time. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So like for me, like I will always, I will always joke that music and the idea of playing music skipped me because I have a little brother, um, Amir. He's nineteen, and like he's an actor. Like you know, so like he kind of found he started he really started channeling his creativity like acting. Like so like he was on different uh, NBC sitcoms. Um, he was on the Disney Channel. He was on the uh, the uh, Boy Meets World like spinoff, like the mm-hmm. New Kids. Like he was on that's he's like Girl Meets World. 
which was like a total mind trip for me because I'm just like, yo, you're on Boy Meets World. I need to watch show. Right. <laughs> and like, but he's a rapper. He's incredibly good. Mm. Like, incredibly good. So like, I'll always joke like, yeah, man, you know, music skipped me. And, and like, my contribution to it was, you know, I was always a good writer um, since being in school. My mom yeah. was a teacher. So like, I found writing about music and I found that, I guess, because of my perspectives on just what music was and hip hop and just having a celebrity as a father and having a, a DJ as a father, I kind of had a, 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 I have a very unique perspective of what music was. And I kind of, that was what drew, drove my musical writing voice. Yeah. So then I started writing for different publications and, you know, essentially I became a writer. Um, and like, that was like my thing. But I mean, it was always funny, you know, I would be in parties and stuff like that or at events and stuff. And, you know, I might be having a good time or like I was always I was host parties like when I was a kid, like like in like my late my middle and late twenties and stuff. And then I would always like I would always have an ear to the DJ and I'd be like, huh, if I was DJing, I would play this. Right. And then he would play that. And I'd be like, oh, okay. So that like I it, it taught me that I had an ear for music right. without knowing it. And then it got to it a ain't point. skip you. Yeah, I was just like <laughs> I, I had an ear for music where I had a hear I had an ear for similar beats and different songs and stuff like that. And then, um, I don't know, I think subconsciously I kind of was always nervous to talk to my dad about wanting to learn how to DJ. And then, um, you know, this past summer I was, you know, I was at his house and we were talking and stuff and we were talking about, you know, certain DJing equipment. And I think I was asking questions that he was kind of like looking at me sideways and he just asked me like, do you want to learn how to DJ? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I've been like thinking about it. And he was just like, all right, I'll be back. And I was like, what? And like, we were in like, like he has a studio a separate from like the actual house. And he went to a room in the studio and came back with a, a DJ controller, which is like an all-in-one DJ setup. He was like, here. And I was just like, okay. And like, I was like, shit. And I'm not even going to lie. Like I had a shit in the summer and like, you know, I took it out a couple times and tried it, but like, I, it kind of felt a little intimidating. Um, and then the top of the year, I was like, you know, I'm really going to do this shit. So I, I, I would legit sit in my room, I have a pair of old Bose speakers that I would hook up to it. And, you know, I would just, you know, just pretty much teach myself. Like, I have a lot of DJ friends, obviously, and stuff. So, like, you know, once since they kind of found out, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I'll teach you whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, I guess for me, it's it's been mad. How has that journey been? To it's been, like, to I, learn I, this almost, new... almost invigorating. Like, mm. because I've, I've always considered myself a person that was very passionate about music. And learning how to DJ, and especially kind of learning the way that I'm doing it, where I'm pretty much teaching myself, um, it's almost like having to learn music over again. Yeah. Where it's like, I, like there's songs that I've heard for years, and knowing, you know, what the BPM of the record is, or knowing what key the record is, you know, and knowing that it has the same BPM as this song, which is totally different, and there is a way to make these two Sue songs sound in sync together. Like, it's 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 like some shit. I, like, it's legit like a living video game right. where it's like I'm just in front of the computer and, like, you know, I, I, I record every mix that I do every day. And, like, this should be, tr- like, by my own admission, it should be trash. Like... <laughs> It's probably it's probably not that bad, but I'm also like a person. I'm my biggest critic. Like yeah. you know, I've had like like my roommates like come in the room and be like, "Damn, dog, that just sound kind of good." Right. But like to Love me, that. I'm like I'm like this wasn't perfect, so it's trash. Like that's definitely been me. Um, 
But I mean, it's it's been it's been dope. So when we when you're gonna step out and give us your first DJ so, <laughs> debut? So the, fun, the funny thing is, is that at first I wasn't gonna tell anyone. At first I wasn't gonna tell anybody that. Um, I wasn't gonna tell anybody that I was gonna start DJing. And then I just realized I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. By not telling people? By not telling people. Were you afraid of something um, in regards well, yeah, to like, I mean, people just, knowing? Just because, I mean, like, people are people. So it's, it's going to be, I guess, only natural to, to compare someone doing something if, like, someone before them did it. Mm. So, like, I always use the Michael Jordan reference. Like, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player in the world. The minute he popped out with two sons, everybody's like, oh, y'all two niggas better be the shit. And then... Like, they played this dude named Eric Gordon in high school, and Eric Gordon gave him, like, 50 points in front of their dad. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, all right, y'all not going to be him. (laughs) But, like, they went on to, like, I feel like one of his sons went on to, like, open a very, 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 very uh, popular, like, sneaker store. So, like, he still has his levels of success. It just wasn't what people automatically pegged him to be. So, it's kind of like, yeah, if somebody might listen, you know, whenever that day comes... So my mom listen to me be like, oh yeah, he ain't shit like his dad. And that's fine. Cause I like I'm not Right. I'm not that's not what I aspire to do. Like I literally learned this as something I wanted to do. Yeah, and um, something that you have a, a a love and a passion for. Yeah. Like, you know, if 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 I never if I never do a gig, if I only do like functions and house parties and shit for the homies, like that I'd be perfectly fine with that. If it's something that, you know, provides me financial gain down the line, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um but I mean, it's something that I just wanted to learn how to do. And it's just like, all right, like kind of going back to what I said before, like if I'm going to learn how to do this, I'm going to put my time Hi. into it. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm trying to insert into the 24 hours. And being consistent, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's two hours a day, these two days, hours a day, two yeah, hours like, a day. And it, I, I will say one of the things that like the hour a day thing is like was like a standard. But like sometimes you you do feel it like when you get into a zone of just like playing music, like I'll look up and the recording will say two two hours and 30 minutes. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, well, you know, it's all about the 10,000 hours. Word. Well, I wanted to ask you, what sacrifices have you made to get to this point in your life now? Shit. I was not prepared for that shit. We, um, are, we are going in. Damn, you don't got no alcohol. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> um, what sacrifices have I made? I think that, uh, I don't necessarily know about sacrifices per se. I will say that I'm I'm probably I'll say that I I definitely look at life I've been consciously and subconsciously trained to look at life different from from other people around me. Mm. In the sense that um ever since I was born I've been Jazzy Jeff's son, right? And right. that's never been a problem for me. Like mm. I've never I've never once I've never once wanted to be like, I wish I was normal. Because I do consider myself very, very normal. Um, and I've always been very proud of my family's, like, achievements and accomplishments. Because it's like, you know, I, like, I have my father. And then I have, like, my stepfather, who is a very, 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 very big and good just entity and force in the music industry and stuff like that. So, like, I had the two of them to look up to, like, kind of, like, growing up. But ever since, I, I've always been... Jazzy Jeffson and Mark Byerson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of cases, Tina Tina Byerson. So for me, I've always, I think it's allowed me to kind of live on the safe side with a lot of shit. Because I always knew I never really had a rope. I never had the rope of, of um, not ambiguity, but like 
I, I I never could really hide on certain shit. Or it's like if I did something, it wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, just this dude did something. Right. It would always be like, I never really did no dumb shit because it wouldn't just be like, oh, this kid got caught. I don't know, stealing out of a store. It <laughs> right. would be, oh yeah, yeah son of GJ Jazzy yeah, Jeff. Right, like that's right. always been one of my biggest fears. Like, like some wild shit happened to me, and like I end up on the news just because of who like my family is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely taught me both consciously and subconsciously that to like realize that I don't have the slack. Right, walk a tightrope. I have to walk the tightrope. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think that has affected me, you know, in a lot of different ways, you know, professionally, just me existing, you know, friendships, relationships, like, you know, I I definitely am a person that you know, as as kind of like cool and not cool as far as popularity, but cool like I'm just like a like kind of more of a chill, relaxed person. As cool as I am, you know, like I always one thing people tell me about myself is that like, you know, like I have an energy about me that is like very inviting. Like that's mm-hmm. I, I consider that true, and I, I like that about myself. It is true. Um, I have a lot of layers with me, and I'm very guarded about certain shit. So like, you know, I'm very quick to like categorize my relationships with people. You know, and some and that may even be to a fault. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where it's like, you know, like I have, I got homies, I got acquaintances, I got niggas I see out, I see out, I don't know their name. Uh, <laughs> but um, I know your face. Yeah, I, I know, know your, your face. face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so like, but like, you know, I got, I got that. I got like my niggas and then I have like my friends. Like my friends is like my like circle of people that I feel as though know me the best. Like right. they've seen me at my highest highs. They've seen me at my lowest lows. They're the people that I call when I, like, for anything, like, I'll consider them family at this point. And, you know, I'm very, I've always been very careful about who I let into that. Just because, you know, I've experienced times where, you know, people have, you know, I guess, like, just people have seen me but not seen me. And they yeah. think they can get something from me. The clout chases. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's actually <laughs> that's pretty really perfect what, like, that's really what it is you know what I'm saying from like I've seen it like, wasn't a term before like yeah. now but, you know, but it's kind of like time. yeah like, I, like I've, I've been in situations like I remember one time in college like you know we had our like transition week you know it's like student freshman orientation oh, I went yeah, to that, yeah. I went to uh, I went to Lincoln University in PA the first HBCU you know what I'm saying I'm just, I'm I went through. to school in PA but no HBCU you know high five high yes. five <laughs> <laughs> um, no so I, like I went to Lincoln my first week at Lincoln like if I got there on Sunday and it's never been my by my own admission. I didn't know that much. Like, if I got there on Sunday, people knew Jazzy Jess son went to school by Thursday. Jesus. And I'm I, I was definitely not the dude to like this is tell like yo I'm Corey Townsend Jazzy Jess son y'all how with y'all like that was never me. But like I would start to hear people talk about it like and like the niggas who I like kind of like got in good with earlier were the ones who knew that it was me. But I remember one time being in a dorm with a whole bunch of upperclassmen and like if you kind of remember how you were. As a freshman, especially as a man, when you get around upperclassmen like women, you think they grown ass women. When in all actuality, they're twenty one, maybe twenty two years old. <laughs> <laughs> but you just think they grown. Right. You think they big grown. And um, I remember I was in, I was like, we was in like a little room party, but not really a party. It was kind of like just people just kicking it. It was like one of the first times I started seeing like people drink. Like I didn't drink like my, in the beginning of my freshman year and shit. So like I was just chilling and just talking, and then somehow the conversation came up of like. Like, yeah, I heard Jazzy Jeff Sun go here. And my niggas looked at me to see if I was going to say it was me, but I ain't say nothing. I was like, oh, word, yeah. And, like, I heard so many different things about me. Like, yo I, I, yo, I saw him when he moved in. His pops had a Bentley. And da, 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 da. I moved up to Lincoln with my uncle, my mom, 
and it might have been just them two in a U-Haul. Was it Mo, oh no Pop? Was it gosh. no Bentley? Like they start making a mad shit. Like it was like the girls in there was like, oh, wait till I find out who he is. I'm gonna make him my little freshman, my little freshman thing. Like he gonna be buying me shit. Like, and I remember just listening to this shit. I'm like, yo, this is the wildest shit. I've and ever heard. In and my niggas room. are looking at like my nigga, and like it's funny because the guys who I linked with early on end up being my like a couple of them end up being my line brothers. So we was just like like just gang from the rip. These niggas looking at me like you not gonna say nothing, and I'm just no. like nope. Like I'm I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna chill, and it's gonna play out or play out. And then sure enough, like just over time, um, people knew that it was me, or people started to realize that it was me, and then they would remember some of the things that they were saying mm. around me. And, like, I didn't change, but, but like, it's kind of, of things like, oh, yeah, like, they definitely changed themselves. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. you know. But just, then you learn early on how to use discernment. Absolutely. With the type of people that you allow in your space. Absolutely. And their intentions. I think that's something that's hard when you're in your, like, yeah. in your teens, <laughs> in your early 20s. You don't learn that. Yeah. Some people, we don't learn that until, like, damn near our 30s. Like, yeah. To really have discernment about the people who you, you allow. Into your spaces. Yeah. And then, like, then then it became a thing where it was, you know, as as I did get older, um, you know, I started to make a name for myself. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you know, while being Jazzy Jeff's son was a thing, you know, then it was like, oh, oh that's Corey DeCappa, who is Jazzy <laughs> Jeff's son, right? Or, like, you know, I had a clothing line with three of my friends. Like, oh, that's Corey from Babylon Cartel. Oh, and then it was a, a thing of, hey, man, yeah. I'm saying, though. Shout, shout out to Gianni, Mark, and Aaron, man. Babylon shit for life and all that. Um, but no, it was like Corey from Babylon. And as I started doing things for myself, like, now I started to see what that was like for people to be want to be around me to use what I can do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, like, I remember a key point of that was, like, when I first started coming up to New York. And, um, you know, like, you know, my, my early involvement with Henny Palooza, mm. you know, when Henny Palooza was first starting out. You know, like I would come up here and, you know, I would be one of the hosts, you know, and and this is when Henny Poos was definitely a brand new thing, you know, on the Internet. And pe- as people started to find out what it was and they started to see the allure of it. And it was like this big thing. like, oh, I want to go to a Henny Palooza. Or, I right. want to do this. Or, I want to do that. Like the minute people started seeing that I had some sort of affiliation, then it's like, oh, yeah, Corey, what's up, man? Like niggas hitting me up to get them in the day of and like, yo, you haven't hit my phone in months. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, just different shit like that. Like, That's when it really became Yeah, real. so like, you know, it's it's been, and, you know, and you see how people change up on you that are close to you, you know, you know, especially when, you know, the people, how you look can carry a lot of weight in people's eyes and they be like, oh yeah, Corey know everybody or Corey does this or Corey does that. It's like, yo man, you think you could hook me up with such and such? And it's like, I've always been a person that has prided myself on being a connector of people. If it's like, I think this is something that can work. If you guys are just two great people and I think you guys should meet for whatever and whatever comes of it, comes right. from it. Um, but once it gets to a point where I feel like I'm being used for something like that, yeah. I'm like, all right, it's time to like... Nah, cut mode. it off. <laughs> which is nothing wrong with compartmentalizing, which is what you were Absolutely. saying earlier, putting people in categories. And I wanted to ask you, now that we're talking about like the accolades or the acclaim mm. or you know the work titles... How do you define yourself when those things are removed, right? When people don't know, you know, Corey the VP, mm-hmm. Corey the Kappa, Corey DJ, uh, Jazzy Jeffson, how do you define yourself without those titles removed, right? The person that you wake up to every day and see in the mirror. I'm an I'm a extroverted introvert. Um, I'm a person that 
you know, especially as I've gotten older, uh, I've learned the importance of like kind of creating, you know, the best space possible for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm somebody that I would like to say like my intentions are probably always intended to be good. Um, obviously, how life works sometimes shit that shit don't work out. Uh, and like I mean, I'm just somebody who kind of like just like. You know, if there is a code, it's something that I like kind of like try to like keep, yeah. you know, and, and, up, and uphold. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't know. I don't go out my way to make sure that there's no bad things that people can say about me. But like, I try to make it a point where it's like, if someone says some bad shit about me, like people will naturally just be like, yeah, I, I ain't never heard Corey to right. do no shit like that. That you know seems out of character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like, like, you sure? Like, kind of like on some shit like that. But, um. You know, I'm a person that, yeah, as much as, you know, um, you know, I like being out and I like saying what's up to people and shaking hands and shit. Sometimes I just want to be in my crib. Sometimes I just want to, you know, like I'm really big into candles and shit now. Like, like my candles and <laughs> like my candles, put on some music and just like chill. Like I'm really trying to learn how to like cook and shit like yes. that. So it's just like just different. I really like to fall back onto the things that kind of bring me the most peace and like bring me like just like a great environment but even bringing even you touching on like you know cooking now and being in your environment and creating this this space of peace like i think at times when it came to just like things that i feel like gender roles have mm-hmm. normalized or it's like this person cooks that mm-hmm. person cleans like to be honest like i'm at a point too where i'm like let me, you know, start cleaning and mm. doing certain things more because I feel, I know when my space is clean, I feel, I feel like better. It's clean. I don't know. Something about you feel mentally you feel better. Or when I'm cooking, like I'm cooking myself a meal. I'm not expecting yep. someone else to cook a meal for me or to take me out on a meal. Mm. Like you start to change that narrative and that perspective of what we, what has been ingrained in our brains of what things are supposed to be. And it's like, no, when you start doing it for yourself, it's like, oh, that value that you place Absolutely. on someone else to do it for you is it's, it's not, different it's when it's different, it's different it's when like, you do it yourself like i um you know I, I especially with the cooking thing like i just remember it's like that's funny like moving to new york moving to new york you're you're bound to spend the most money you've probably ever spent in your life most not not even with the whole cost of living thing like i'm not talking about rent and no shit like that but just the idea of spending money on food and shit, and like it's just you know, like you just gonna spend mad bread. And I've never really been one to budget, and that's something I'm trying to work on now. Mm-hmm. Or like I've never been one to like look and be like, I spent this much money on this, or I spent this much money on Ubers. Like I've right. never done that, and that's something I'm trying to like work on. But like, you ever just had that point in your life where you just be like, you look at your account, and you just be like, damn, I've been fucking wilding. Like I've been wilding. <laughs> like I gotta stop wilding. Like it was definitely like times like that. And when it came to cooking. To keep it a buck, like, it was just one of those things where I was tired of spending money on food. And I was just like, you know what? These are things that I like. Let me try to make the things that I like. Right. And it had had nothing to do with, like, having someone else cook for me or things like that. Um, It had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with none of that. It was just like, you know, let me just try to make this shit. Like, you know. Admittedly, so like my mom necessarily didn't teach me the most things about like like cooking and shit like that, which is kind of like 
it's kind of sad now because like she's vegan and I'll be like mom like just like I will say she will fry me chicken if I come home but like I'll just be like mom teach me how to fry chicken and like it really ain't be chicken to fry no more I'll be sad um but no but like you know just like shit like that like you know my mom did always taught me how to make like homemade burgers and I would, I would yeah. think that's something mad like small and like, mad dumb but then it's like when it comes down to it and when I would start when I started doing it my own it's like alright you know what let me add this or let me yeah. like, you know I want a buffalo chicken burger let me try to make that shit and then I'm like oh I'm gonna buy some shrimp oh I'm gonna put shrimp on the burger I'm gonna make my own blue cheese and then it's like I look up and I just be like god damn I just made a fucking whole meal by myself and this shit tastes good right? and it's like it's a sense of fulfillment like yeah. And I, 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 I do liken, I liken, I liken the journey that, at the very least, I've been on as a millennial, as a transplant, as someone who wants to move, as someone who who decided that I wanted to move to New York, mm-hmm. and I like th- this is what I wanted my story to be. I like I liken that to creating a, a meal. It's kind of like yeah, you know, it's it's cool to kind of like yeah, I can easily go buy. You know, or go order some food yeah. and stuff like that. But it feels a lot different when I do it myself. It feels a lot better for me when I cook it myself because I have that sense of like accomplishment. I have that sense of like, yo, I did that. Like, yeah. And then when it comes down later on, that's a skill set that you have that you're just like, all right, I can, I can do that. Yeah, my dad always taught me like my parents are both from Philly too, as well. Oh, one yeah, from South Philly and one from West Philly. Who's from South Philly? Uh, my mom's from South Philly. My dad's from West Philly. How and my mom I... went to Overbrook and my dad went to West Philadelphia. Hi. Your mom's from South Philly and she went to Overbrook. Mm-hmm. Girl, that was a long journey. Yeah, uh, that's say, a long they, journey. How did they even meet <laughs> each other? Like, like north or like... Oh, no, no, no. I mean, Overbrook, Overbrook is in like the... I can, it's not even northwest. It's kind of just like... It's like the west side of West Philly. Like it's it's in a pocket. Like it's like it's West Philly and then it's Overbrook. And right. Like, once you go past Overbrook, you're going towards like not even the suburbs, but kind of the suburbs, like with like the main line and stuff. But like South Philly, <laughs> it's funny. I was just having a conversation with an Uber driver about this. Like South Philly, by and large, was one of like had its parts of like one of the most like not worst parts of the city, but it was definitely yeah, a neighborhood no. where it's like, if you didn't know nobody down South Philly, you don't go to, go South, to South Philly. Philly. So, like, the fact that your dad's from West and he met your mom who's from they South? They also went to college together. Okay, okay, that, they okay, that's perfect. They didn't meet each other in Philly. They, they met each other in college. They didn't meet each other until they both moved to Maryland. I think they knew of each other. Okay. But they didn't, like, all right, we're going to start dating. It's the 30s. And they went that's to turned. Delaware State together. That's, that's a that's big fire. Oh, both yeah, both Greek. State? I love Del State. And they're both Greek. And What's I was you? like, well, so how did y'all not? Wait, so they were Greek at Del State and they, they were, didn't? Like one a year apart, Greek crossing and all that other stuff. I'm like, so at no point did y'all not meet? Yeah, I don't know if they wild. really like met in college or they knew of each other, but they mm. didn't really like connect and like. That's love. To 30s. But I said all that to say that Philly people love, from Philly, man. People from Philly, my parents being from Philly, I'm sure you can attest to this too, like know how to cook um, <laughs> yes. so like I the, yeah. the cooking yeah. and like that's, that's I feel damn. like them I never jeans, thought of it like that but that's, that's actually you know how you said true. like the music jeans I feel like the the cooking jeans went over me and I'm like when my mom I'm like yeah this is some Philly this is only you know what's funny Philly. the fact that you say that I'm gonna tell you something so cause I've like I said I just I just really started cooking over the past like year year and some change um my grandmother May she rest in peace. My grandmother had the best grits. 
oh. I've ever had in my entire life. Do you know who has the second best grits I've ever had in my life? Who? Chris Thomas. Wow. For people who don't know, don't know Chris Thomas is and one of my best friends. Too. Chris Thomas from Uptown. Chris Thomas is one of my best friends. Um, he's my roommate. Uh, nine times out of ten, if you've seen one of us, you've probably seen the other. And like I remember, I remember one day when we first like we started moving with each, like we first moved in with each other, because um, it's me, him, and my roommate Rob, and Rob's from Virginia. Uh, Rob could also make some fire ribs, but that's beside the point. I remember Chris was like, we was like, we're gonna make breakfast. I was like, yo, let's all just cook breakfast today, y'all. And like I don't know. At that point in time, I couldn't cook shit, so I probably made some like bacon or some shit like that. And he was like, all right, I'll make grits, and I was just like. I didn't say anything, but I'm just like, all right, man. Like, I, I don't know if I could trust, like, some, like, 20, 25, 26-year-old dude with making grits. Like, what do you know about grits? And I lie to you not. I had them grits, and I was like, these are some of the best grits I've ever had. And so it might be a thing. And, like, you know, it's funny because, like, you know, if you were to talk to Chris, you know, he's the one that would tell you, like, you know, his mom really taught him a lot of his cooking and, you know, his mom worked at, like, the IRS, so, like, she would always be, like, out. So he was kind of, like, um, kind of like a latchkey kid where he would just have to kind of come in, cook for himself, clean for himself. Like, right. really just hold shit down. So he was like, yeah, you know, I've been cooking since I was 12. And, you know, when it comes to certain shit, he's just like, yeah, like, this shit is good, man. Mom. So I think I think that is a, a thing, like, you know, and, and it's funny, like, I really haven't ran into many... Of my friends from Philly that can't cook. Like, my homegirl Ricky got some of the best greens I've ever had in my life. That's <laughs> um, soul food from, look, yeah, soul man, food damn. from everything. Hey, listen, if you want somebody to cook for you, whether it's a man or a woman, you might want to get a Philly Philly person, man. Like That pot. <laughs> that pot. I never thought about that. I'm too yes. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit and <laughs> chat with you about um, love mm. and happiness. Mm. So... At this point in your life, are you fulfilled? Elaborate, elaborate a little bit more if you can. Are you fulfilled with what you're doing, where you're at, mm-hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually? I would, I would say so. I would say I am. I would say that I, I, I am a person that believes I can always do more. Right. Um, and I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, only because it's kind of like, you know, at what point do I... Like, I, I always felt as though I never had time to look back on things that I've done. Mm. And, like, acknowledge the accomplishments of what I've done. Because it's always been like, all right, I did that, but I, got, I still got to get... Um, you know, and I can even I can even say I feel like that at 31. You know what I'm saying? And 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 you know, even just looking back at different things that I've done in my career, you know, that's that span that's about to span almost 10 years in itself. Like I feel like I've been creating some form of content over 10 years, um, or just almost at 10 years. And just looking back at certain shit, I'm like, damn, I did that. I guess that's kind of fire. Like I don't really know too many people that can say that. Or like, you know, like damn, I feel like. I, I, this is something that I did. Like, just right. looking at something tangible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say I'm fulfilled. Um, but I am a person that always leaves. I, like, I got to be doing something more. And, like, something got to happen. So, what are those something more life goals um, uh, that you're either pursuing or striving towards? Uh, Definitely, I mean, you know, definitely a sense of... Hmm. How can I put it? 
Because, like, my goals necessarily aren't tangible as far as, like, money is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized the... Like, I realized at a very early age that I didn't necessarily want to be famous. Um, I never wanted to be famous, but I wanted to be known by the right people. So I've always wanted to be, like, that type of person. That's a bar. That's a bar. You know, and and I've seen that. I've seen that by, you know, looking at somebody like my stepfather in the sense of, like, you know, my stepdad could walk down the block regular. You know what I'm saying? He could go into a store, buy a bottle of water and just be cool and then not be an issue. But, you know, some of the, the quote-unquote biggest names, right. you know, would be like, oh, you Mark Byers, son, that's crazy. Like, tell Mark this or tell Mark, you know, I said hi or ask Mark about whatever, whatever. Um, and even my dad to a certain degree. My dad told me a lesson one day where um, I asked him why he never wanted to move to L.A. and he was like, I always wanted to buy a pack of bacon. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, he's like, go get in the car. We go get in the car. We go to the supermarket, not too far from our house. He walks in. He goes get a pack of bacon. We go to the checkout. He's paying for the he's paying for the pack of bacon, and the uh, the the cashier's like, "Hey, man, not to be weird, but I know you probably get this all the time. Like, are you Jazzy Jeff?" And my dad was like, "Nah, man, yeah, I do get it all the time. Like, people say I look just like him." And he was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I know that's pretty." And I know it's weird, like my bad. And we walk out. And he was just like when I looked at him and he <laughs> get in the car, my dad, like, my dad is an amazing man. He has like a sense of like he's always trying to like stunt. Or he can kind of be like a dick sometimes. So he throws a pack of bacon in my lap and he's just like, I always want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. He was like, there's points in times like he's told me stories of like, you know, where he's been with people and you know, just wanted to do regular normal shit, but like just because of where they are in their lives. They can't do regular normal shit. So that's, that's taught me a very, very valuable lesson where it's like, oh, yeah, like I always want to be able to buy my pack of bacon. Um, but I mean, you know, I just, you know, I do want to be like professionally. I want to be known by, you know, the right people. people. You know, mm-hmm. I do want to be known as like, I want to be known as someone who's like a fixer. It's kind of like, oh, like there's an issue that needs to be handled. Oh, yeah, we go to Corey Towns for that because he can yeah. do that. Um, you know, I want to be a lot more in touch with like myself mm-hmm. um you know spiritually emotionally i think i i think i am and i think i'm on a, a good path with that um you know just because i want to be that i want to be that centered and that anchored within myself so when, like when i do venture down that road with somebody as like a partner and me and you know me and her are starting a family and stuff like that like i can be that base for them mm. um be grounded yeah just be very grounded and stuff like that like I, I definitely look at the men in my life um as examples i've been blessed to have really good examples of what it means to be a man in a woman's life mm. and um you know that's something that i aspire to be whenever that happens um i do also understand at 31 like you know i've kind of having that time where it's like i'm not really playing games like that no more or you know i'm still trying I'm, I'm very much living in the moment i'm very much like I'm not walking into situations like, yeah, so why are you trying to get married? But it's like, I know that I'm not necessarily trying to waste my time first. And right. I'm not trying to waste anyone else's time second. Um, so, like, you know, that's something that I've been, like, you know. More mindful of, right? Just paying it more attention to. Because in the like 20s, that. you're like. We out here. We here. Okay. You're cute. Oh, okay. You're cute. Okay. okay. Next one. But, like, once you start to value your time mm-hmm. and understand, you know, 
the time is like money, you have no time to waste, then you're like, I don't, if I, if, I don't, I don't even want to go down this route. I don't even want to go down that route. Time you can't, like you said, give back. And it's, I mean, you know, for me, I've definitely been someone that, um, you know, just as a, just as any young man has, like I've definitely done some growing, um, and I can see that growth within myself, uh, especially when it comes to like dating and dating yeah. women and stuff like that. So, like you know. You know, I have no problem admitting that somebody might have caught me at a time where I might not have been the best version of myself. And, you know, I can kind of like, <laughs> I can kind of just have that understanding. You know, I'm, I'm not definitely not a person where I'm like trying to find somebody and, if it, like, and be like, I'm sorry, whatever, whatever. It's, it kind of was what it was. Um, but I understand that. And that's something that I look at and I try to take the lessons for the future. So it's kind of like now it's to the point where I'm like, yeah, you know, could I? have company if I wanted it and so on and so forth and uh, I probably could but it's like I know that I would be wasting somebody's time and right. it's like I, you know just having that accountability for you know of my actions to someone else I wouldn't want to do that and I wouldn't want someone to do that to me right so you know it's just a matter of just like you know it'll come when it comes and you know just really just understanding the sense of like time that we in yeah and in the meantime keep working on being a better version better of yourself better person of Cause that right person gonna align with you at the right time, and it's supposed it. to happen. Well, I want to um, close out on things and kind of ask you, uh, what are your kind of guiding principles um, for just success and pursuing, you know, happiness in your life? Um, I think. I'll start with pursuing happiness because I think to be successful, to be to be a version of successful, you need to have some sort of like happiness in your life. Um, for me, it's definitely been a matter of creating that, not necessarily that safe space, but creating that space around you that can breed happiness, mm. you know, and that can mean a bunch of different things. It can involve the people around you. It can involve the, the, the habits that you have, um, the habits that you pick up, Yeah, you know, how you are growing as a person, um, how you're growing from those around you, so on and so forth. It can involve many different things. Um, but really, like, I think it's very important to allow yourself a space to be happy, um, you know, just from... You know, everything, you know, the people in your life think the shit you're doing, like allow yourself a space to be happy. And then when it comes to just being successful, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the thing that kind of comes to my mind is just being a good person. Like, I don't, it it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to be a good person. Um, You know, one thing that I've realized, like I said before, like, especially since moving up here, especially since living in a world where depending on if you allow it or not like the project your your projection of yourself can be seen by millions of people mm. you know just with like social media and stuff like that and the world is so big but so small um i think it's inc- it's it's incredibly powerful to have that aura about you where people are going to struggle saying something bad about you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, like, one thing people always tell me all the time is like, yo, like, you have such a good energy and, you know, something like, I don't like, 
they can't even kind of quantify it. Like, let alone I can. They're like, yo, you got such a good energy, man. Like, you know, people I've just met, like, you know, even in situations where, you know, I've noticed that, like, people remember that. Like, you may meet somebody and it may just be a very fly-by-night thing, especially if you're working in, like, entertainment or if you're working in media or if you're working in this crazy, crazy cross type of business world that we're in. You know, and it's, it, it means something special when somebody's like, oh, I remember you from back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember you. Like, I, I'll never forget. Like, I <laughs> I interview, uh when I was in, when I was in Philly, I mean, maybe like a year before I moved to New York, I used to host concerts. Mm-hmm. And I hosted um, the ASAP Mob concert in Philly. Uh, it was at the TLA. May have been like maybe 700, 800 people there. But it was like, right, it was like, the group like Rocky and all those guys were really starting to like take off. Like right. they might have been just going on their first like nationwide tour. And for a day job, I worked at the Apple store. So I was a normal sales uh, specialist at the Apple store selling phones, selling computers and all that shit. The day after the show, um, I come into work. I uh, The Apple store I worked in was on Walnut Street, which is like in the middle of our downtown. It's like two o'clock. And I look and I see all these like black kids in the front of the store. I'm like, the fuck is it's two o'clock, bro? Like, why is all these like what the fuck's going on? And it was ASAP Rocky and the entire ASAP mob. And dude remember, he's like, oh damn, bro. He's like, yo, you homie who hosted last night. So like he asked my coworkers, white dude, who had no idea who he was. He's like, yo, it's my man. Can my man help me out? And I'm just like, all right, this is I don't really know him like that, but like, yeah, right. sure. And we spent like two hours just talking shit. I'm asking him mad questions just as far as like, you know, like where he's at in his career and so on and so forth. It was just mad cool. Like I'm and I'm meeting, you know, all of the guys and stuff. You know, I had a chance to <laughs> had a funny interaction with ASAP Yams. Um, may he rest in peace, so on and so forth. Fast forward, that might have been twenty twelve, fast forward to twenty fifteen. I had to interview Rocky for Ebony magazine. And it uh he was like having all of the press come to like this this music studio in Midtown. Um, by the time I'm living up here, I've been up here for some time or whatever. And uh, it's my time to go into the room. Like he asks, like he comes into the room of the, of, the, of the all the media and asks us a question. And like I saw him look at me and he like did like a double take and like went away. And then when it's my time to come in the room, he's like, yo, bro. He's like, I know you from somewhere. He's like, I don't know where I know you from. He's like, but I know you from somewhere. Like something where I know you from. And I told him, he was like, from the Apple store, you sold me the phone. And I was just like, yeah, he was like, bro, I do remember that. Like, and like, his, I remember the publicist is looking like, like, what the fuck is going on? Cause like, we were legit talking. We talked for maybe a good, maybe half hour before the interview even started. Like I definitely ran over time and shit. And like the whole time, like he would stop the interview. Like, yo bro, like I'm happy to see you up here. Like doing your thing. Like, look at us now. Like, like, yeah. like, like I was, I was young on the road doing this, this, and this. He was like, "Yo, you hosting the show, but you was had to work in the Apple Store." Now, like, we like we sitting here talking and stuff. He was like, "Yo, you got a good spirit, man. Like, like don't lose that." And I mean, that's just something that I've always like. I've seen power in, and I mean, I don't, I, you know, I think, you know, just kind of having that good spirit, yeah. being that good person, you know, not only, uh, not only building. But managing and strengthening your relationships with people outside of just the business, you know, calling people just to see how they doing. Yeah. You know, shooting them a text like, hey, man, or hey, man, I'm proud of you. Hey, shorty, I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? You know, keep doing your thing and, you know, just being like that. Like, I think that's going to bring you a lot of success in this world. Amen. That energy emits. 
I mean, your energy mix. I mean, I be seeing the people you have on here, man. So I'm happy to be. Yeah, you know, on I'm so happy you were able to join me. Yeah. It's so crazy. Me and Corey run into each other all the time. He'd be all like, "Damn, you a Delta." Yeah. Oh, you yeah. be like, he be like, why don't I know this? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I kind of keep it low. I don't yeah, really. But it's just so crazy because every time we interact, we find out more similarities mm-hmm. about each other or the fact, like, ties. Uh, when was the first time I met you? Was when? Did I meet you? Oh, I've been here for seven years. I've been here a while. But wasn't, wasn't, did I meet you before that? It wasn't a cookout, was it? Okay, no, maybe not. I thought so. I thought I maybe, did. Maybe undergrad? No. No, maybe like I thought I, met, I might have met you through your sister. Maybe Valencia. Valencia. Okay, I was like, I was like I, I, yeah, yeah. I thought I was like, I was like, I was like, hey, I, I, back in the day. Yes, for Different sure. Because she was in Philly. Yep. At the time, so. But I'm so happy you were able to join me, share your story. No, for sure. Thank you for drop having your me. knowledge. Let people see you for you. You know, I think a lot of times the reason why I started this podcast is that we're in the social media world and people put perceptions on us mm-hmm. or what they believe only the one side that we choose to show them. So why not show, you know, all the layers mm-hmm. of us at different levels? So I'm truly appreciative for oh, you to come on I the show. You. And I usually like to close off the episode with a quote that ties to the person's fear. Mm. Um, man, and this fear is anonymous because I don't have the person's name, so we're just going to say anonymous. Mm-hmm. Man alone measures time. Man alone chimes the hour. And because of this, man alone suffers a paralyzing fear that no other creature endures. A fear of time running out. Mm. Can you text me that? I need that. Like, I need to put that, like, (laughs) on my calendar or some shit. Like, that's hard. Yes, I'm going to text you it. Yeah, I need that. Well, guys, until next time, I wish you nothing but love, light, and many of blessings. I hope this episode inspires you as you go out on your weekend and you go manifest your dreams into reality. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we out.